0: welcome to episode 160 of the NFL Scotland podcast week one of the 2021 season is done we're here to pick apart all of our fuck-ups and there was plenty my name is Cameron Hobbs
1: <laughs> and my name is Paul Mitchell well done to the Texans who won't be going home 17 and <laughs> somebody in the hot takes may have said remember some of these hot takes we had last week may last longer than just one week before they all go wrong so Just ease off on that. Thanks everybody who came along to the golf for our week one event. We'll talk a little bit about that. And to do so, we're joined by Gordon McGuinness and thankfully, Charles Patterson as well. Charles, how did your team get on at the weekend?
2: Um, I was more concerned about my COVID status, frankly. Um, I'm fresh in from my hot yoga session and I'm feeling relaxed about discussing the Packers and the Ravens and all the teams that lost because there were, of course, 16 teams that lost, not just one.
3: He it was it was so, so concerned with his COVID status that he wrote in an essay for the Bill uh, Scotland live event at the golf. Yeah, that was awesome. prior to the event. Gordon. Prior to the <laughs> event, Cameron
2: asked me to contribute and I knew that he would miss me. Yes, we did. For those that weren't
0: there for a week one live event, we covered a conversation as to whether or not Tom Brady was in the MVP conversation following his performance against the Dallas Cowboys, who of course played very, very well. Uh, We've got slightly different views on that one, but Charles was kind enough to contribute uh, in writing um, a, a dissertation uh, on the reasons as to why Tom Brady is a bit of a dick and he doesn't want him to win it. So um, at some point we may share some of the highlights of that. Actually, we could do this as like an audio book. Uh, Charles Patterson <laughs> discussing the merits and lack thereof of Tom Brady during the 2021 season. Uh, listen, I bet you there's enough people are bored of him now that you would get a solid fan base. <laughs>
2: Well, I was hoping that my um, my essay went down quite well in the room, but I only have one person's response to that, so I'm never going to know. But let's be honest, the argument was there, and I think it was a fair one. So,
1: it but he played read, very well. It, it he played pretty well, Charles. It was read beautifully. I made I made your points for you. Don't you worry. You know, um, you'll need to save me the fee, of course. But I did, I did. You know, I've always wanted to play the part of Charles Patterson, and finally, that role fell to me, and I was thrilled. <laughs> Thank you.
3: Tom Brady is a ball bag by Charles Patterson, narrated by Paul
1: Mitchell. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. Tom, Tom Brady, coming, by coming the way. Coming to Spotify, you know, Apple, Apple Store, you name it, we'll, we'll get it out there. Tom Brady, by the way,
3: after week one, second favourite for MVP.
2: According to, not me. The bookies. The bookies. Oh, believe the bookies. The bookies who said that uh, Houston would go 0-17. I well,
3: never believed the bookies. That was Cameron, not the bookies. Well, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that's
0: yeah. We'll we'll leave that one well alone. I'd say. Uh, do you know what? It's it's okay to get stuff wrong, and and I reckon that this is the value. Okay, the, let's just touch this because we have had feedback. Ali's been in touch with us, uh, and Ali's pointed out that. He went back and listened to our podcast with the benefit of hindsight and was able to point out that pretty much everything that we said was wrong. As Paul says, a lot of those predictions were season-long ones. It's only week one, Ali. It's only week one. Come back to us at the end and let's see how we're doing. But yes, my own 17 toilet, right? Already gone. I'm a dick. (laughs) Um, uh, For me, though, this is exactly why well, two things one it's exactly why it was called a hot takes podcast because this was us trying to be a little bit like right you know th- let's come up with something that's a bit more edgy than your typical you know my super bowl prediction was the tampa bay buccaneers versus the chiefs that's safe everybody can see that right you put your neck on the line with something a little bit more edgy and you look like a dick and that's exactly what we do so that's point one point two is that I don't think we're the only ones. And I think looking around some of the commentary on social media, I've seen a number of people talk about how surprised they've been by what's happened in week one. And there's been a number of things have come around that is surprising. Um, And that's the benefit. And that's the great thing about the NFL, is the fact that you can guess and you can think and you can... No, and you can hot take all you want, but none of us know. None of us have a clue. Until the teams actually get on the field with their best 11 against the best 11, offense, defense, special teams, whatever, you just don't know. And that's exactly what transpired in a number of the games. You know, even in that Thursday night kickoff, even the Cowboys being as competitive and Dak being as good, even little things like that, you
3: just cannot predict that stuff. You can't. Here's, here's what tells you exactly how wild the week was. So I got an email from the NFL Scotland pigskin pick'em and I went 6-10 and 10 this week, which was only one better than worst place amongst the podcast regulars, Paul Mitchell, just in case anyone was wondering. Uh, and I still got like 60 out of 160, like in, in the group, like it's somewhere kind of middle of the pack-ish.
2: Yeah.
3: It was a week where like 8-8 eight and eight was probably a good week for an awful lot of people this week.
2: Yeah, I was yeah. nine and seven, but just to throw that out there. But anyway, like, well, what about the um, the pickums in in house pickums? I think we should mention that as well because there's nothing like um, a lovely cheesy bagel to have for your lunch, is there, Gordon?
0: <laughs> yeah, you didn't do you
3: did so well there, like, Gordon. <laughs> like, I like to give you guys a head start. That's
2: <laughs> exactly what I'm. That's exactly what Aaron George <laughs> is doing with the Baltimore receivers. <laughs> oh dear! I think the, the one thing we learned this week is that. As you just said, Cameron, we know nothing. Even though we sit here and discuss it every week, we think we know things, but we know nothing. And ultimately, it's what makes the NFL such a beautiful league. But um, to go back to Ali's point on Twitter, and I do like the fact that he called us out on it. Ali, if you you are um, using our predictions as potential betting fodder, then you are going to lose a lot of money because ultimately (laughs) that's not where to go. And I have to say, I did predict that Jameis Winston would be quite a serviceable quarterback, despite the fact that Paul has been berating him and slating him for the last 12 months. And I'd be curious to think what Paul thinks of Jameis, especially given that he managed to achieve something quite historical. I don't think any quarterback has ever thrown for less than 150 yards and, and thrown touchdowns. for five touchdowns. <laughs> Absolutely extraordinary. So, Paul, my question to you is, has your faith been restored? Hang on, Nobody. restored. Restored says that it was there in the first
0: place, so that's the <laughs> wrong word.
1: <laughs> that that is precisely that. I never ever had it, so you you know you can't lose what you never had. Um, no, I mean he was playing a game show host. I mean, what was he expected <laughs> to do? You know, I mean, if you can't be a game show host, just hang up the cleats and go home. I mean, they'll get you'll get a tougher task against Sam Darnold next week. So I mean, yeah, it's just the way it goes. It, I liked I liked what the Saints did all the way around. I thought the Saints were ready to play. Bearing in mind that you know that it was in Jacksonville, it wasn't in New Orleans. They're displaced. They're currently training in you know Dallas, Fort Worth area. There's a lot going on with the Saints around that. And I think the good thing is it shows it shows they're a team now. The win came at cost. We have lost several players. There's currently a COVID cluster as well, which probably helps, doesn't help. But I mean Winston, we we've seen this kind of game from Winston before. Um, you know, for, for Tampa Bay, he is serviceable. i I just don't like him as a person. That's that's the way it is with him. I thought the Saints picked up, picked off Rodgers at the right time. You know, seventeen three, picked him off. That changed the game and allowed you know the the Saints to keep on going. I mean, the Saints were you know twenty two, you know, first downs to fourteen. You're going to win games. You know when you're doing that. Rodgers didn't look particularly great throughout. Um, I mean, the Saints also committed six penalties in that game, and that still didn't take away uh, their effectiveness. Um, Time of possession, hadn't the ball for about nine more minutes than the Packers. I just thought they strangled the life out of the Packers. And a lot of that is down to the coaching. The Saints have got a decent defence. They've got a good coach. Um, And yeah, I'll admit, Jameis Winston played well. He should be the MVP, obviously. But, you know, we'll wait and see where that
3: goes. I don't know how much life you could strangle out of that Packers team because they had none the whole game. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers looked like he would have rather been anywhere else, including, you know, the final seconds of the NFC Championship game, watching them kick a field goal. Mm. It's, yeah, it, it,
1: it was a very
2: a strange Florida, game. let's be honest.
3: No, he doesn't <laughs> like Florida. <laughs> um, if, is that, is that I, what
2: it is? To you, be fair, actually, I think if the game had been in the Superdome, I think... Actually, they would have played a lot better. I think that there is something in that. He looked at well, it. You know, it, apparently was, playing indoors,
0: but. it
3: apparently was what the Saints, like, it was the reason why the Saints wanted to play in Jacksonville because they'd looked up. And whether or not this is actually true or it was like just a story that formed, but it, it, it was a story that came out before the game was played that the Saints looked at Rogers' struggles in Florida in the past and said, that's where we'd like to play our replacement location games just now. Whether it was just to get in his head, whether or not they thought there was genuinely something to it, I don't, don't know. But week one, shit shithousery, I'm all here for.
0: Oh, absolutely. Week one, week two, all the way through to week 18. We'll have it every single week. Thank you very much. Um, interesting that if you look, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't even make the top 32 quarterback performances um, on ESPN, you know, looking at the passing performances, Jameis Winston just makes it at number thirty. You know, with these one hundred and forty-eight yards, but he did have a hundred and thirty-point-eight rating, which is fairly impressive all round. Um, but actually, if you look at some of the quarterback performances, there there was some really really good ones there, and I think that some of that's surprising. The one that surprised me the most, not just the quarterback performance, the overall team performance. Texans, absolutely, the Cardinals. uh, You know, we all picked the Titans in the pick six, every single one of us. And don't get me wrong, the the spread was three points, so it was going to be a close one. But Kyler Murray was slinging that, absolutely unreal, and the defense was tremendous. Now, we'll come on to our nominations, and I'm pretty certain there's at least one member of that Cardinals defense is going to get an awful lot of mentions. But 289 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, two sacks, uh, quarterback rating of 120.9 against what we expected to be a good Tennessee Titans team.
2: Well, they've not had a good defense, Tennessee, really, for ever since Mike Rabel came in there, which is ironic, given how great a defensive player he was. I think it was the fact that they were able to shut down Tennessee. And you look at the reaction from the Titans and the fact that they just they had a bad game. But the, I th- I think you, you, you can see t- Tennessee scoring points through the course of the season. They just did not function. They malfunctioned completely. And you're going to get games like, every team is going to get a game like that at some point. And if you're the Titans and if you're Green Bay, and to be fair, if you're, there's a, there's a number of other teams in there that could probably sit and look at it and think, well, let's get this, let's get the Dud game out of the way in week one. I think the, the problem for the, the Titans now is that they've got a difficult game on the road. Um, against another NFC West team this week coming, um, and you know you 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 can't really, they've got to go Seattle, so you suddenly you're 0-2 and you're in a big hole, and if you're going to drop a game in the first round, at least make it a game that is perhaps one that you would have expected to lose. I don't think I think we were all maybe a bit unfair on the Cardinals. I've 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 often said what is the point of the Arizona Cardinals? They've actually got a lot of really good star players at the top positions and when they're all fit perhaps they should be achieving performances me, like that
3: me and Jamie were talking about that at the, at the event on Sunday like that was the one pick that after we'd both picked it we kind of spent the most time thinking that's probably wrong I probably should have went the other way on that um, what I do think is interesting is if you look at so I'm just looking at the past four seasons for Derek Henry 2018 week one 2.6 yards Per carry, week two, three point one. 2019, 4.4, then 5.4. So jump back up. 2020, 3.7, 3.4, and then 3.4 this past week. So Derek Henry, a little slow out the gates, is becoming something that he's become known for. Uh, and that's obviously something that he hope as the season goes on, you know, he can start to run people over and you know an extra game season this year, maybe that. Can help him out, but it's interesting if it, you you hope for the Titans' sake that it's early season struggles for Henry and not you know a continuation of the Ravens shut them down playoffs last year and then the Cardinals absolutely shut them down this week. So it's interesting to look at. The
2: good thing I for think, the Titans they're playing in a piss poor division.
1: Yeah. Paper. Yep. But, yep. but your point, Charles, that if you if you're going to drop a game uh, under under bad circumstances, if you like, do it to one that you're not expecting to win. And I think that takes us to the Browns' Chiefs. Nobody would really have expected the Browns necessarily to win against the Chiefs, but they could have done. Arguably, they should have done. Um, But hopefully that won't derail them because, you know, getting beaten week one in Arrowhead is is no disgrace.
0: It it definitely isn't. And again, it's a topic that we'll come on to when when we hit the... uh... The awards this week because unfortunately we're going to have to talk about Jamie gillen's involvement in that one, and I think you know obviously we're we're invested in him because of who he is and where he's from and all the work he's done with us and he's a great guy and you know we're all feeling for him and rooting for him uh, and I think unfortunately as a punter you're going to make mistakes uh, that is going to, every player is going to make mistakes. You know, look at Harris at New England and the fact that he absolutely cost them that game. That, you could argue, that fumble is probably worse uh, given it was more of a gimme win at that point. Um, but, you know, there's there's definitely going to be people looking at that and um, you see reactions to things like that as well. You see players get cut from teams for poor performances. He absolutely doesn't deserve that. But, um, you know, we just hope that, and I'm sure he will. he will, he'll learn from that. Uh, and he'll move it forward if there's a this game he's going to do it and it's against the Chiefs, to be honest, yeah.
3: If the, if this was the same old Browns, be you know, finding another way to lose the game and stuff like that. I think if you look at the, the picture in the AFC, and Kansas City are the runaway favorites again and will be unless something major happens until Patrick Mahomes is no longer in Kansas City. Uh, next up, You have Buffalo, Baltimore, Cleveland, teams like that who need to, you know, get to the playoffs and either have the Chiefs get knocked out by someone else or they need to get them on a good day for them, a bad day for the Chiefs and catch a break. What the Browns showed in this game, like they did in the playoffs last year, is that they can hang with the Chiefs, not beat them in either of those games, but ultimately, you know, if they want to go to the Super Bowl this year, they're probably going to have to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. They've shown at least this week that if they go to Arrowhead for the you know the third time in a row, it will be they, they know within themselves that they are capable of going there and you know holding their own against the Chiefs, and I think that's going to be pretty important for them as the season goes on.
0: If we move on to the awards now, because I think that that's the natural place to kind of take this. Let's let's look at what people have been saying. Um, I think if we look at both the and, – and for this season as well, we, we've we cut it down to two. We've done a number of awards. Um, last season we had three. This year we've got it down to two. We have got the Loch Lomond belter and we've got the Ball Bags Ball Bag. Um, so, you know, delighted to have the two companies on board sponsoring. Everybody who has put in a nomination through the NFL Scotland website as well. We'll go into a draw that we'll do momentarily two winners will be selected, Uh, the first person drawn will win a bottle of exclusive Loch Lomond NFL Scotland whiskey and two NFL Scotland Loch Lomond branded tumblers. Now there was a couple of these given away at the live event on Sunday and they were massively popular. Um, Very much in demand, we did a little raffle, we sold out before we even got round the room Uh, and we had you know three books thinking that was going to be loads, sold them all. So great, You know and those that won it absolutely delighted to win it so um let's go through some of the nominations though and i think we we should start what do we start with do we start with the ball bags or do we want to start with the belters i'd go ball bag to start fine So first two off the top, I'm going to go to Angus Knox and Steve Collins, who've both nominated Aaron Rodgers. Angus says, spent the whole (laughs) offseason trying to get a team elsewhere, then had one of his worst ever games, but looked completely disinterested on uh, on the bench about it all. Get back to jeopardy. Absolutely. Steve, he says, spends the whole summer mithering and sulking, skips OTAs, turns up for camps, looking like a hipster hobo, doesn't take a step in preseason, then looks completely unprepared and absolutely stinks the place out with an emphasis on, so with emphasising two pick, zero TD performance as the Packers get blown out by the homeless Saints. You put your hand up there, Charles.
2: Yeah, just to say that the homeless hobo look apparently has gone. So that maybe was a reaction to Sunday. He was on the Pat McAfee show today, uh, as he often does on a Tuesday, and he has had a shave, which is good because he did look like an extra from the Big Lebowski, let's be honest. (laughs) So
0: Paul Marnie and Caitlin Foley also both say Aaron Rodgers. Paul says after spending the entire season throwing a strop and trying to be a game show host, comes out and throws a 58 uh, completion rate at uh, at four point eight an attempt with two picks ball bag. Um, Caitlin says his worst performance in years after holding out most of preseason. They're all all over the place off the field. Shenanigans wouldn't have helped the team prepare for week one, and it showed. Uh, other people: David Old, he says as well. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Scott McCall, Aaron Rodgers. So you know it's it's a strong case. Um, Paul O'Shea his... Ball bag is Damian Harris. Touched on this earlier. Not often a running back will get a ball bag nomination after a 100 yard game, but coughing the ball up on the Finns nine yard line at that point of the game is absolute ball bag behavior. Uh, while we're talking about running backs, Angus Cow he says Ravens flimsy running backs coming into the final game of Week One neck and neck in fantasy with one player each, and Tyson Williams outscores Darren Waller to lose me our matchup. Um, Nothing like getting stuffed in fantasy football and blaming it on a good young rookie. Wait, so
3: is he complaining complaining that the Ravens running back outscored
0: Darren? I think it's an angry nomination, that one, more than anything about the Ravens. Um, So there's a couple here. I'm going to have to go to Paddy Kelly. Uh, His ball bag is Paul Mitchell. Um, the past season or two, <laughs> ripping Winston apart, and now he looks like the QB you needed last season and beyond. Close second. Oh,
3: that's outstanding. Yes. <laughs> that's the shit I was really up here for. But getting the boot in for last season. Yes.
1: Love that. Let's let's play the long game here, okay? Let, let's not go hot-taking ball baggery. Thank you very much. Uh, close sec, close second
0: from Paddy. though, goes to Charles Patterson for talking up the Packers all summer for them to look utterly hopeless. Oh, honorable mention to Sky Sports for tuning in to Sky Mix for the wrong feed for the opening 10 minutes. Uh, so yeah. I have nothing to do with that anymore, just to <laughs> clarify. <laughs> I can't control that. Um. Yeah, Charles, you put uh, you put in a bag nomination for me, Gordon and Paul. I'm not reading that out. Uh, no, I will. So you've put it in. Gordon, for his abysmal week one pick'em predictions and thinking the Giants can reach the Super Bowl. Me, for believing the Jets could be better than last year and that the Bears will make the playoff. And Paul, for having no, team, uh, no faith in his team's quarterback. I think this is fine. Um, there's other people... Um, Gavin Newlands, uh, Lamerton Jackson could easily have been my belter nomination. Gave up two massive fumbles at crucial times. Um, thoughts on that one?
3: I mean, yeah. there, there is, there's no way that uh, two, two fumbles aside, there is no way that Lamar Jackson's anywhere close to Bob Aguirre. <laughs> the passing game actually looked all right. <laughs> but mm. they, they, lost, they, lost. Mm. they lost. I'm disappointed in that. The offensive line was terrible. They moved the ball very well through the air throughout that game uh, there was a really nice pass to Sammy Watkins right so on the right on, sideline on the balance of as much as I'm annoyed with the loss, which by the way thanks Gavin for tweeting me that the first time, Gavin actually followed me for the first time on Twitter today <laughs>
1: then tweeted me to rub it in and then went to his bed <laughs> that's, that's what social media is for, though, isn't it? I mean, that that's the whole point of social media, is to have a go. While Cameron's picking out another couple of bobbags I would like to nominate... Uh, my ball bag for the week. And I've got three reasons for it. Three now. Uh, the f- three now. Yeah. So the ball bag nomination goes to the host of this podcast, the Mr. Cameron Hobbs. Uh, we, we ran out of raffle tickets uh, at our event at the golf tavern. And I got, I offered, but we were dispatched to the local co-op to see if they sold any more. They didn't. I came back and I said to uh, Cameron, did you check the bag to see if there were any left in there? Of course, he hadn't done so, and there were. Uh, we're going down to London next month. I'd booked the same hotel in order to buy said Cameron a drink after the game. And he's moved <laughs> hotels without telling me. Uh, which was an outstanding, utterly outstanding ball-baggery um, from him. You know, that, that was just tremendous. And I'm just trying to figure out, yeah, I, I did have a third one for you. but I'll come back to that in a minute. I want you to get
0: another couple. <laughs> uh there's another couple of nominations for ball back for Urban Meyer. Uh Noel Davidson, just awful. Most likely going to retire due to health reasons mid-season. Um Urban Meyer from Mark Kerr. There's not much to say here. The Texans were projected to be far and away the worst team in the league this year, and they just absolutely bounced Myers Jags, who showed no sign of life or ingenuity. Even with a couple of nice throws from Lawrence, this looks like a team whose ship is lost at sea, and their captain has only ever sailed a skiff before. Um, uh, you know, Jacksonville Good Jaguars. Here. Yeah, Lauren <laughs> Lauren Callahan. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars offense was pitiful until the first. fourth quarter and made the Texans team look reasonably good Uh, wasn't it
2: amazing that that was the first ever regular season game that Trevor Lawrence has ever lost ever yeah whether in high school or in college and that's that shows you just how bad the 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 Jacksonville Jaguars were and how good he potentially is as well Um, and if he's got the right people around him so you do for the sake of football and for a player's talent, is that you do hope he doesn't just get stuck in this vortex of doom for the next two or
3: three years? I, I read, I read as well. Apparently, it's the first time that Urban Meyer has had a losing record as a head coach. So, really, sorry. I've got, I, I've got my own, I've got my own Bob Ag nomination. Okay, it's a pers- it's a personal one this week. So, relatively busy on Sunday with being at the golf. Means, you know, you've got less time to update your fantasy team. So we finish up with the the pregame stuff we did. I check my phone. See a tweet from Ian Rappaport listing the players. Odell Beckham, good to go today for the Britons. Excellent. Good. Okay, he starts my lineup over Corey Davis. Corey Davis goes and puts up like 21 <laughs> points. So I, I, leave, I leave the golf. It's shortly into the third quarter of most of the games, the, the first set of games. I drive home take the dog out to the toilet and I get a text from the guy I'm up against in the league to say to like cry and laugh in emojis you've left OBJ in your lineup and he's inactive and I was like what do you mean he's inactive he's playing no last uh, 20 minutes before kickoff Ian Rappaport oh they told me he was going to go turns out he's not don't, don't speak with certainty then you've just ruined my Sunday. I mean, I was going to lose the game anyway. It wouldn't have helped me win, but the the, the thought remains. Okay.
2: So Rappaport is getting it, as far as you're concerned, or is it Beckham?
3: No, it's it, he. He would definitely get it over
2: Beckham, I think yeah. in that <laughs> <way>. <laughs> yeah, It's the, the, the quandary of trusting your sources. It's very <laughs> difficult on that. That's
0: but a journalistic... He's literally
3: point. on NFL Network. He should be the best source.
2: And Well, he's not as good as
0: Adam Schefter, apparently. So, Just to wrap up the ball bag ones then, just there's there's a bunch of other ones I won't get to, but uh, two for Jamie Gillen. We have to talk about it, right? Uh, Robert... Uh, sorry, John Bailey's been in touch. Our very own Scottish Hammer with Butterfingers on the punt, which ultimately cost the Prince the game. And also... Bill Whelan has said, "What a time to fumble! Then compound it by running and not just punting away." Pains me to make this nomination; it does, and it pains me to read it. But we have to because we don't <laughs> want to be favoritism. It wasn't bad enough to put them up there. There's definitely worse performances. Um,
1: yeah. See, I, I, st- I still think the the essence of of the, the Bob Aggery is that it's got to be something that you know is completely and utterly unavoidable. I mean, let's be honest: punters do that from time to time. You know, it's I. You know, I'm trying to remember the name of the because I've remembered my third nomination for you. Uh, you know, San Francisco, the receiver who caught the ball. You know, with an eight point lead, and all he had to do is basically walk a yard and fall down, and he fumbles. Yeah. You know that that's 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 Deep ball because that's not that's not game awareness. You know, he knows it. All he needs to do is go down. That, that to me, is Uh, But And that leads me into your third nomination, which is pretty good for week one, Cameron, is your celebration in the golf tavern of victory for the 49ers against, it was the Detroit Lions. Just to remind you, it was the Lions. The celebration, um, you know, it was almost like going to that film Titanic and watching the person standing at the edge of the... Of the boat, you know, the was, it was overkill.
0: The relief was real, the booze <laughs> were deserved. I'm quite happy to receive them <laughs> this early in the season. I couldn't care less. Ringes. Um, okay, right. It, I'm going to make an executive decision here because I don't think it's anyone else. It, the ball bag of the week's Aaron Rodgers, right.
1: Absolutely. it definitely is
0: and I think yeah. I'm going to go to one more submission um, that's put it in so Ryan Johnson because I think he sums it up perfectly he has submitted Aaron Rodgers and his terrible Barnet um, <laughs> should win it just for his hair alone nothing particularly bawbaggery just a general shite performance combined with a hair Aaron Rodgers is the bawbags bawbag of the week on to the Loch Lomond Belter then. Um, and there's a number of nominations here. Um, there's a couple here. Ross Black and Mark Kerr both putting forward uh, Chandler Jones. There's other people have said Chandler Jones as well. Uh, yeah, Phil Spears has said Chandler Jones. So let's start there. Football was the real belter on Sunday. Fantastic viewing, however. Sat five sacks in a single game was incredible to witness. Destroy Tennessee and a lot of people's week 1 fantasy teams. Uh, Mark Kerr, he says, All off-season, Chandler Jones has been seeking a new contract, more befitting of his talents. Steve Keem didn't want to play ball, so rather than roll over and accept his fate or throw his toys at the pram in anger, he put down his head, got to work, and made sure he was ready for the regular season. And what an opening game he had. Five sacks, which ranks third place all-time in season openers, two forced fumbles and six tackles. No defensive player was as disruptive this week. And if Steve isn't drawing up a deal at this very moment to lock him up, I bet a good number of other GMs around the league are calculating how much they can afford to part with, to secure the services, to secure his services in a year's time. And then Ross Black simply says five sacks, six tackles, and two forced fumbles against an O-line that was rated highly before the season kickoff, Chandler Jones. Actually, Noel Davidson says the same thing as well.
3: Um, the, reason, the reason why you have to give it as much as the, the five sacks are really impressive is that Chandler Jones literally took Taylor Luan's soul in that game to the point that if you go to Taylor Luan's Twitter feed right now, his pinned tweet reads, got my ass kicked today, no way around that. I let the team and the fans down. Thank you, at Jones 55 for exposing me. It will only force me to get better. You have to admit that you got exposed in the NFL in a tweet and pin it to the top of your profile. Chandler Jones is the belter of the season for that alone. Just he's taken the man's soul and hopefully Taylor Wan bounces back, which I'm sure he will, because he's using it for motivation. Yep. That's, I, a, that's a low point. I, I really like I, Taylor I, Luan, ho-
1: I hope he does. Yeah. yeah I, I hope he does, but you should never actually say you've been exposed. That's really not the best word you can potentially <laughs> use. Um, so I, I, th- I think the better wording needs to, be, needs to be on the tweet. But yeah, it... There's no doubt he certainly manned up there. I mean, Chandler Jones was outstanding. I, th- I think when we look at the belt, of what we're looking for is for people to do things that just rarely get done. And you know those numbers rarely get done in an opening in an opening week sensational.
0: Um, before I come on to the obvious other name that's going to get mentioned here, there is a few others along the way. Harry Nixon says Joe Burrow. Okay, there was so many to choose from, but Burrow seeing out the game in overtime was a complete baller move. When the Bengals of the last few years would never have pulled it off, and it sets them up really positively now. I think that's fair. I
3: don't, yep. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's. I, I would say it's more the Bengals overall rather than just Burrow. Like Jamar Chase took pelters in preseason. We were laughing before the games kicked off on Sunday because of his excuse for. Excuse for Uh, drops in preseason being the the different stripe on the ball and apparently he was misquoted for that but went out five catches 101 yards you know had the nice long touchdown they they looked like a team that for the first time in 15 years maybe since Carson Palmer was there had just a little bit of swagger about them
0: yeah Uh, all for the Bengals having some swagger absolutely um Other nominations. Derek Hill says Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, when he played for the Detroit Lions, was owned by my Chicago Bears. The first opportunity he gets in a Rams uniform, he sets new career high records in both average yards per attempt and gets a passer rating of 156.1. Not to mention his 20 of 26 passes for 321 yards and three touchdowns. That's why he's my belter of the week.
1: Um, so Cameron, Cameron, just on that, so if people didn't see, and you might know more than me because I didn't watch the end of the game, the NBC uh, of the game of the Rams at Bears managed to identify Mrs Stafford as the wrong person, uh, which, which I found highly amusing. And then Al Michaels, uh, probably about two minutes later they then cut to a different woman and he had to explain that the last woman that you saw wasn't actually Mrs Stafford this is Mrs Stafford. It was horribly embarrassing (laughs) all round and it was just one of these cringe moments that obviously Al Michaels has no idea who Mrs Stafford was but his production staff had told him um, that that's who it was and it was just cringeworthy
2: I think the follow up to that has been that Mrs Stafford and the lady who was wrongly identified as such, managed to get together and get on Instagram and take a photo of each other to the two <laughs>
1: together. Oh, so brilliant. I
2: have seen a picture flying around. Whether that's accurate or not, I don't know, but lucky okay, Matthew Stafford is all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Black,
0: his uh, nomination for Belter is Kyler Murray. Four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown against a Titans D that was meant to have been much better than last year uh, since they've released a few and picked up some good draft prospects, allegedly. Um... There's some here. So Danny McVeigh, the Texans, written off by some as the worst team in NFL history. An embarrassment to Goodell and the sport, some said. It may only have been the hapless Jags, but they looked like a football team. I look forward to the rest of their 1-in-16 season, but credit when it's due. <laughs> Which is lovely sentiment there from Danny. Um... Uh, Michael Marley, he says, Devonta Smith touched down on his NFL debut, overall his performance on Sunday, and the general giving false hope to the Eagle fans that they might not be as poor this season as we thought. Um, there's a couple of other names mentioned in there as well, but really, I think that uh, actually, Gavin Newlands uh, Mad Max Crosby, he simply says, did you see the game? Um, so yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, Charles Patterson, you nominated yourself. We'll skip over that. Um, Paddy Kelly, ESPN for the Manning cast during Monday Night Football, which he says was absolutely great banter. Now, I have not seen nor heard anything off it, but I have seen a lot of hype about how good this was with the two Manning brothers providing an alternative commentary for the game um, on ESPN2. So you could watch it with the commentary on ESPN. You could watch it with the Manning brothers on ESPN2. Nice to have an option.
2: Like this guy you know used to do that with the fan zone TV and you used oh. to have punters in the in the booth trying to do commentary and it was just a riot. And I think it was for a time of quite popular, but I, I, Peyton Manning is, is dryly quite amusing. And I haven't heard much about Eli, but Eli seems to be a little bit more straight, but also with a bit of a cutting humor. So I can imagine it would be quite funny in some regards. So we'll have to tune into that if we can get an opt out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean it has been it's been pretty funny. There's, there's there's no doubt about it. I think if you're going to provide an alternative commentary, there's got to be a reason for it. You know, I the the fanzone was was absolutely arse-clenchingly dreadful. There was just no two ways about it. Uh this this is something different. What I liked about it is that there was just two choices. I think sometimes for the, you know, for example, the national championship game, you get about seven or eight different choices and that just strikes me as utterly pointless um you know i think you've got to have a reason and they did have a reason it's whether that's sustainable or not that's that's really the question you know once the novelty once yeah. the novelty wears off
0: by I week mean, five of, are people still tuning in and that's the thing at, at week five if it's still getting the hype and it's still getting the audience then it's a viable long-term thing um i don't know if they're planning to do it every week is that the intent
1: I'm not sure, but what what you've got to remember also, and let's, you know, Charles works specifically in television. If you are ESPN showing Monday Night Football, you don't really want to have to put programming on ESPN to, et cetera, you know, to go up against it, because really, what's the point? So all they're trying to do is, you know, make the most of what they've paid a lot of money for. Um, so you know, in terms of production costs, it's you know it's as cheap as um, to get these guys in. So I think from that point of view, it's actually quite quite clever. Um, but it's got to be able to stay fresh. And good luck to them. You know, I'm all for providing an alternative. I'd say I don't like these seven or eight different ones for for college, but I think you know it, it's an alternative. Can I suggest some belters as well? Yep. I mean. You know, if you look at Kyler Murray, it'd be interesting just just if we can go off at a tangent just initially, because I'd like to ask this question of all three of you: What kind of pass do you like to see a touchdown score? Do you like that sort of fizzing short pass, or slightly longer pass, or because the best pass for me the weekend was the Kyler Murray? It's almost like the rainbow pass, you know, when he drops it in. The, the, I can't remember it's one. Uh, in the first half, basically only his receiver can catch it. It's just an absolute thing of beauty. So it just struck me what type of touchdown passes do people like? Because I genuinely think the longer sort of rainbow passes are just the best things you can watch.
0: I have a real love of the soft, floated pass that you can see coming. And it's almost played out in slow motion then. There's a few of them, they're just deft and just slightly lobbed. It's not necessarily that massive arcing, you know, they're beautiful, but there's just something almost slightly cheeky about that just aired out, teased ball that just lands perfectly into the lap of the receiver without him having to break um, any kind of, you know, pace or anything like that. Something nicely timed like that that just looks
2: like it's on a string. For me, that's the ones I love to see. The lobs, the lob pass like that it is a thing of beauty, but it's got to be into the corner, of the end zone, the back corner, the toe tap, the Santonio Holmes, as you would call it, which was probably the greatest last minute touchdown catch in uh, you know in, in a Super Bowl. That right in the corner, that accuracy. There's only three or four um, quarterbacks probably in the league that can pull that off when they need to. Um, and that that is a thing of beauty. It, it is quite good though to sometimes see someone absolutely fire a bullet in, uh, and then see the player get absolutely knocked over by it. <laughs>
0: Gordon, what type of throw do you like to see most?
2: Uh, is it, he throws because he's a Ravens fan? Only this weekend, obviously. You know they're getting there.
3: Good, because we kind of glossed over this earlier. So let's have a little <laughs> update on the burger bet between myself and Charles. So for anyone, but you unaware, already mentioned it. It's all uh, right, not, not properly, not properly. We're going to do this properly. So the bet is that I think the Ravens wide receivers will have more receiving yards than the Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Rodgers will have rushing and receiving yards.
0: Aaron Rodgers isn't a running back. You're talking about... Sorry,
3: Ar- Aaron Jones, there <laughs> yeah. we go. Sorry. In... You've done a better job than the running back. <laughs> in, in week one, Aaron Jones had nine yards on the ground and he had, what was it, 20... 13? Oh, he had 13 receiving yards, so 22 total yards. Two Ravens wide receivers had more than that alone. Sammy Watkins had 96 yards, Marquise Brown 69, and Devon Duvernay added a cheeky little six yards which normally would be insignificant, but considering it makes up more than a quarter of Aaron Jones' total yards, it gives me a nice little boost this week.
2: <laughs> to, to quote, to quote uh, Gordon McGuinness, just giving you a head start. I <laughs> and you know what? I think in the bigger picture, let's remember what this bet entails and why it exists. It exists because my belief is, that the Ravens do not have a passing attack that is capable of taking them to the Super Bowl. And I stand by that. We all know that Aaron Jones is a decent running back. He's a top 10, top five running back, depending on where you want to draft him and all that. That's not for dispute. The dispute here is that Baltimore can't function as a passing game. Now, it was interesting to hear what you said about how they performed last night against the Raiders. I think ultimately, if you're one of a successful Baltimore Ravens team, you've got to lean on the running game. And they've lost how many running backs? in preseason, due to injuries. They cannot, (coughs) in my view, go to the Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson as a quarterback throwing the ball. It's not going to happen. And that's the whole concept of this bet. The
3: the, the Lamar
2: Lamar Jackson debate is now... Hang on, let me me finish, let me finish. My concern for the Ravens now is week two, I'm looking at the fixture list here, Kansas City are coming into town. If you lose that, you're 0-2. And suddenly, if the Pittsburgh Steelers happen to go and beat the Raiders then you're in a bit of a hole. And there, all these things mount up. All these things... I mean, there was talk about the Chiefs-Browns game being a kind of playoff um, permutations game. And I think that was stretching the, the truth a wee bit. But all these things just add to the the kind of uncertainty. And you know what? If you play well and you lose to the Raiders, that to me is a bigger problem than getting blown out
3: in New Orleans. No. It's not it's not even close to being a no no one no one apart from Johnny Bailey and Gavin Newlands would agree with you today <laughs> that the Ravens losing to the Raiders in a close game is worse than the horror show Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay. Doesn't matter. Doesn't
2: matter. Because at them. the end of the day, dreadful. I think they're still gonna win the NFC North because Red. the NFC
3: North stinks. Let's let's rewind back a little bit and let's cover some of your points. The Ravens still ran the ball perfectly well in that game. They had two players who averaged 7.2 yards per carry. You do not want Lamar Jackson to purely be a passing quarterback. If you do, one, you don't enjoy watching him play football, which is, I feel bad for anyone who doesn't enjoy watching him play because he's tremendously entertaining. But two, if he passes throughout this season, as well as he passed on Monday Night Football, and they still have the running game, they'll win more games and they'll lose. They'll be in the playoffs and they'll be a factor. I think they will be in the playoffs
2: and I think they might be a factor, but they're not going to win the Super Bowl based on his arm. And ultimately, it's a quarterback-driven league and you need to have someone who can make the clutch throw when it matters and you need to have the receivers to be able to catch them. And they don't have it. The, don't have
3: the, it. So we'll see is nothing, it goes. It's only
2: week one. It's only There's
3: week nothing week. from week one to agree with your opinion that they don't have the wide receivers. Sammy Watkins and Marquise Brown look great.
2: I think they looked all right. I'm giving you that. But ultimately, they're not going to be good enough long-term to be able to pull the deal out. I'm prepared to chuck Aaron Jones on the bonfire and give you a burger. Not a problem with that. But <laughs> I know for a fact that the whole concept of the bet is around whether or not Baltimore have got a passing game that can win the Super Bowl. and they don't. I mean,
3: the, the entire concept of the bet me for me is entirely for a burger. <laughs> well, it always was.
2: <laughs>
0: right. Anyway, uh, tune in next week for the next episode of Is Lamar Jackson any good or not, starring Charles Parsons and Gordon McInnes. It's a new segment we're going to do this year. <laughs>
1: That's tremendous, tremendous. Can I just say, Cameron? We, you know, we'll give another shout out to Loch Lomond uh, for our limited edition NFL Scotland whiskey. It really fired the imagination of everybody at the Golf Tavern in Edinburgh. Uh, who tried to win, you know, bottles via the raffle. Uh, we will be giving a bottle away each week, thanks to everybody who's taken part. Um, you know, it's it's been tremendous to get Loch Lomond and Bob bags on board for this year, so it's, it's Abs- really exciting.
0: Absolutely, and we still need to pick our belter of the week so that we can raise a dram to them here on the podcast. I've got one more name that I need to read out, um, but... No, you know, no, 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 it's no. I, I, on. It's one more name. We've got time for one more name. Um, and there's... The... Get comfortable, because there's a few of these, right? And there's a theme. So let's see if you can pick up on this. So uh, I'm going to give acknowledgement to as many of these as I possibly can. So Alex Beaton, Jameis Winston, five touchdowns. And also because it might annoy Paul to have to give it to him. Right. Moving on down the list. Johnny Bailey. Jameis Winston, five touchdowns and a sterling performance to absolutely blow away the Packers. Chris Mackay, Jameis Winston, what a result. Nobody was expecting that. Ross Downey, Jameis Winston, five touchdowns and no interceptions, torching the Packers' defense, and most importantly, it'll wind up one of the hosts something rotten deserving of the win. That's page one. I'm going on to page two. Um... (laughs) Like Charles' essay on
3: Sunday, Alan
0: yeah. Morton, James Winston, just for the comedy value. And Paul Mitchell can get it right up the rest of the Scottish, uh, the Scotland NFL team for taking the piss when he was named QB1. I'm just going to say, Alan, we were not taking the piss, we were laughing at Paul because it made him miserable. But we genuinely all thought that James was deserving of a chance, and he's a, definitely a capable quarterback. Sean Black, James Winston, five touchdowns and less than 150 yards. Talk about efficiency. Ryan Johnson, Jameis Winston. Five touchdown passes v's the Packers. Honorable mention to Chandler Jones in his five sacks v's the Titans. Sean Purvis, uh, Jameis Winston. First start at Saints QB and tucks away Rodgers with ease, proving a lot of people wrong. Ross Sterling, just Jameis Winston. For no other reason but to annoy Paul. Seriously, Lulu, five touchdowns and under 200 yards. The only QB to ever achieve this and not an interception in sight. Kenny Law, James Winston, for proving Paul wrong and for getting his first W en route to Mr. Mitchell's Jameis tattoo. (laughs) We'll not talk about that. Uh, that No, we we
1: won't talk about that. (laughs) Can Can I just remind you that Drew Brees last season beat the greatest quarterback of all time in his backyard, so it was away from home, 38 points to three. And look how that worked out for Tampa Bay. Yep.
0: Same score? Same
1: score? Yeah. <laughs> same scoreline, Cameron. Same scoreline. Same scoreline. It's B week one. In, you know, so I, I I, get it. I fully get it. Everybody's quite right. Absolutely agree. Um, I, I don't think there's an argument, and that's why my MVP this week is the Steelers for winning in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've got... I've got two more and I'm seeing this out. Chris Breen, Jameis Winston, five touchdown passes and a huge win against the Packers, proving he can get the job done despite what everyone says. And the last one goes to Tony, who is now part of the NFL Scotland family because Tony is the person at Loch Lomond that's uh, set up this sponsorship. I've given him the final word here. Tony Tony says, Jameis Winston, despite being lambasted by the major NFL media in Scotland, he rose up and shone like many lesser mortals could have. Um, Outstanding performance. Oh, but mainly just to piss off Paul. So there you go. Right.
2: Is it Jameis Winston or is it Chandler Jones? Who's the belt?
0: Chandler Jones.
3: It's Chandler Jones. I think it's
2: got to be. Unfortunately, it's got to be Chandler Jones because when are you ever going to get five sacks ever again? I totally agree. Lucky, lucky, lucky man, Paul. You're a lucky
0: man, Paul, but yeah.
3: Can can we also, can we give credit to to Tony for his belter of a performance at the golf on Sunday? (laughs) There was not a louder fan at the golf. Never, it it was, I, I had not heard sounds like that since I was at Fur Park on Saturday and there were some very loud fans around about me, but that typical Scottish fan, every single little thing required like an outburst and it was just fantastic to see, especially after not getting to do it, you know, last year and stuff like that. Brilliant to see.
0: Uh, listen, uh Tony's an Eagles fan. It's been a lot longer than just last year since he's been able to do it. Um <laughs> so, you know, that's that's a good that's a good amount of time that's coming you, out of his lungs you, there. You
3: did it for you did it for a, a, a barely holding on win against the Lions. I really
0: don't getting, care. Getting I embraced the moment and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um yes, absolutely. Okay. Thanks to Loch Lomond Whiskey, let's raise a dram to Chandler Jones. Okay, so from there, we need to pick the winners of the competition. So as the guests, let's do the winner of the Loch Lomond um Whiskey, first of all, everybody that's submitted is automatically given a little number when they do so. Uh, nobody can see it. It's on my screen. You guys are away over somewhere else. So as you actually bothered to turn up on Sunday, Gordon McGuinness, you can pick the the main winner. So a number one through 46, please.
3: Well, seeing as I can use this number, I'm going to use Aaron Jones' total yards on Sunday and go for 22. <laughs>
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, brilliant okay so the winner of the bottle of whiskey and two glasses is number 22 brian dando congratulations brian brian was there with oh. us uh, he took part in the raffle didn't win so i know he will be delighted with that one um charles you can give me the ball bags winner so someone's going to win a pair of ball bags ball bags underwear so again 1 through 20 uh, sorry 1 through 46 but not
2: uh 22 obviously um well i'll go for the number that they scored at the weekend hopefully they'll score a few more than that this weekend against the lions number 3 <laughs> Number three. So right at the
0: very entry point, congratulations to Harry Nixon. Harry Nixon is the winner of our Ball Bags underwear. We will be in touch with Harry. We'll be in touch with Brian. We'll get those sorted out. Um, so yeah, thank you again. As Paul said earlier, thank you to Ball Bags for being involved in this. Thank you to Loch Lomond Whiskey. We're delighted to be able to give you the opportunity to win these prizes. We'll be doing it every single week of the season and the postseason, all the way up to the Super Bowl. We've got a lot of whiskey. We've got a lot of underwear. We've got a lot of glasses. And you guys uh, that listen to this show can be the benefactors. So, yeah, brilliant. Okay, week two. Mr. Mitchell, you can kick us off. What are you looking forward to at week two?
1: Well, you know, if I can come up with another storyline game, as I did for... Uh, the, the Panthers and uh, the Jets. I have to say, Stan Darnold didn't disappoint. He was very solid and steady. and I'm sure he enjoyed. Immediately, you're drawn towards teams that, that might be in trouble if they drop two games in a row. You know, I don't think Washington can afford to lose to the Giants. And I don't think Giants can lose to Washington. So I think, you know, first off the bat, that you know, that's the, the Thursday night football. That's a big game. Um, I think it's a big game for the Colts having lost at home to the Seahawks, you know, they need to get on the board. I think the Broncos have got almost a free hit at the Jaguars at the weekend, having won their opening game on the road. Um, the, the game that intrigues me the most at the moment, Cameron, is the Bills-Dolphins. I thought the Dolphins got away with one on Sunday, but sometimes that's what you need. The Bills, I mean, you are got to give credit to the Steelers, but the Bills had that game, you know, well in hand. And, you know, just, Crumbled. So you know, if we're going to go with a Josh Allen hike, Josh Allen has to go in uh, to Hard Rock and and win that one down there. So you know, and the the other interesting game, and it's it'd be interesting the reaction. The Vikings could have won on the road against the Bengals. Now it's the Cardinals next up. You know, the Cardinals coming off that when that's another great game to have a look at. Just, I mean, it's just a shame that Monday Night Football is the Lions Packers. I mean, that's sort of what's that the. The bottom of the bowl, bowl, um, so early on a Monday night.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: <it's so
2: laughs> oh, Listen, I don't think there's any doubt how that's going to go- turn out. I mean, he uh he owns the Lions, Aaron Rodgers. I don't believe that there's a problem there. Come back to me next week if they if they produce a similar kind of performance. The, the I think you you nailed it though that the teams that lost in week one are suddenly under massive pressure yeah. and. I mean, I lo- I mentioned earlier on, the Ravens have got to play the Chiefs. If you're 0-2, then you've got you've got a problem there. The, the Raiders-Steelers game is really interesting because can the Raiders back up what they've just done? And are the Steelers actually, uh, was that just a defensive performance or can they actually maybe go toe-to-toe with a team that's maybe going to score a few more points than them? Can they shut down Oakland? Oh, Oakland, Las Vegas, I should say. Um, the, the one that I've, I find, I think is really interesting, actually, is um, the Cowboys' Chargers. I think that that game could absolutely go off. And there could be some serious points there because the Chargers, although they only scored 20 points against Washington, they had so many different chances. And Justin Herbert looks fantastic. He looks absolutely tremendous. And the Cowboys played really well against Tampa. So I fully expect that game, which is, I think that that's the late game on the Sunday night, uh, there's a good chance that that one will be on the telly. I'm, I'm going to watch that one from start to finish. Um, if, if it is, it'll be absolutely terrific and it'll go back and forth. Um, and the other one that's interesting for me is the Bengals going against the Bears. Well, we see Justin Fields and can the Bengals back up what they've just done? Because they've been appalling for years. They've been absolutely abysmal and suddenly they've just got that little bit of momentum and you think, actually, they could beat Chicago, albeit in Chicago, and suddenly they'd be 2-0. And it's just these little nugget storylines that make it really, really interesting.
0: Gordon, what's tickling your fancy this week?
3: There's none left after Charles just went through every game. Yeah. Even <laughs> even when he got through his third one, I was like, he's literally picked the three games I was going to talk about. So another quick look, and I was like, do you know what I'm going to talk about? The Bengals win that game, they're 2-0. And actually, they're a sneaky wildcard team. And then he just tacks <laughs> that one at the end. I think you got it right with the two, the two biggest or the two most intriguing ones, though. The, the AFC North. Um, AFC West games Las Vegas against Pittsburgh two teams who I think people were kind of borderline on being playoff teams they get to 2-0 and all of a sudden you know that 7 seed minimum option for them starts to look you know, something that's relatively achievable and he's right much as it pains me to say 0-2 is what the Ravens are staring at and it would be a huge hole to go into I still think from 0-2 they could be a playoff team but it's a big. It's a long way back to go from one to and win that division, and if you want to be a Super Bowl team, starting out on the road is not the way to do it. So, it is, you know, backs up against the wall in a game that I'm not going to pick them to win because the Chiefs are a team that you should never pick against. I don't think it's, uh, it's a it's a tough one.
0: Yep, definitely. Is. I I agree with a lot of what's been said as well. I think Chargers Cowboys interesting. Obviously, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see the Eagles Niners because San Francisco definitely got problems in the secondary. You know, obviously very much ahead. Um, lose Jason Verrett, we've lost Raheem Mostert for the season. That's a total nightmare. Kerryon Johnson's been picked up and added to the practice squad because every other running back's currently with the Ravens practice squad. So it's uh, <laughs> Slim Pickens, and Slim, that's the only time you'll mention on Johnson and Slim. Um, says me. Um, but I, I'm interested <laughs> to see that Eagles-Niners game, because actually... Both teams in theory were up against slightly weaker opposition and both looked really good on offense, but what's that going to be when they're up against each other? Um, I think the Eagles look an awful lot better than we were expecting them to be. And Jalen Hurts, if he plays really well, um, could do a lot of damage to that San Francisco secondary. Uh, He's also mobile enough to make it hard work for that front seven. So I think that that's a really fascinating matchup there.
3: The other one, actually, I don't think anyone did touch on that I think has sneaky intrigue about it is Patriots-Jets. Patriots are own one Falling to 2 would be relatively disastrous for them as well. I have a sneaking suspicion the Jets are going to win that game. Right. Wow. I think I, I think Zach Wilson... Matt jo- Mac Jones was the most impressive rookie quarterback this week. Zach Wilson, I think, has a big game in him. And, you know... if they they can go and surprise everyone coming off the disappointing week one performance gives them a bit of a shot in the arm strikes me the type of game that Robert Sala is going to have them right up for yeah
0: a a noisy MetLife as well if they can if Wilson can come out and get the Jets fans on their side then yeah absolutely could be fascinating there was a lot to like out of Wilson um a tough a tough gig that he's got let's be honest but there was definitely flashes there that showed they were in that game against the Panthers. So, yeah, lots to like there. The one other one that I think is really interesting is the Seahawks-Titans. Because how do the Titans bounce back from that? Um, also, Russell Wilson at the start of the season is always going to be... He's always in the MVP conversation because he comes out the traps absolutely flying. There's nobody benefits better from six months off than Russell Wilson. Um, it's phenomenal performance against that Colts team. So, interesting to, to see if he carries that into the Titans game.
2: To be fair, um, they, he's got the when he has the balance there, he looks far better. And they had a they had a lot of a, a lot of good backup there from the running game there. And I think if C, if Seattle can stay healthy and if Chris Carson stays healthy, then that will make Russell Wilson play better football because ultimately that's what Pete Carroll wants. He wants to run the ball and not put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands and that was the problem last year I mean they went they went tonto in the first five or six weeks but that was not sustainable because at the end of the day Russell Wilson is he's a great quarterback but he is not absolutely the top 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 tier whereby he can throw teams down week after week after week he's got interception in them the whole time if they can have that balance then they'll be very they good I mean that NSC West the two the two West divisions are the two strongest divisions in football and they're both divisions, every team won in the opening weekend. How long that momentum of all these teams continues, we'll have to wait and see. I, I do get I get, I, I get, the sense that you could see maybe three teams from the AFC West and the NFC West going into the playoffs. because the, the, so
3: absolute, the, the absolute nerve of the number one Aaron Rodgers fanboy, Aaron Rodgers who went 15 of 28 for 133 yards and two picks, saying that Russell Wilson can't throw it every week of the season.
2: Well, the, the quote today that he came out with on the Pat McAfee show was the first interception was caused by him getting a double hit in the nuts. Now, whatever that means in American speak, I don't know, but I'm giving him a pass because he's got. That's
3: one of that he did to his teammates on Sunday. Three,
2: <laughs> three, three MVP awards can't be wrong. It started oh, right. with Rogers, it ends with Rogers. He's in your head, Gordon. <laughs>
1: I I think it's fantastic that the ball bag of the week got knocked in the ball bag. (laughs) Um, I I think that works absolutely perfectly. And just a a general knowledge question. Does anybody know if the Americans have got a similar thing to the the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds? Because I tell you what, the Falcons are going to get mangled when they go down to Florida. Um, Yeah. if the Eagles can do that to them... Now, it, it, that you know, it's the hot take, week one. You know, you've know, you got to hope that the Falcons are better, but that doesn't look particularly good if you're an Atlanta fan. And it doesn't look great because we know they're coming to London as well. Always take a more abnormal interest in the teams that I'm going to watch in London. Uh, and at the moment, you would think the Jets probably have got a slightly better chance somewhere along the line did, of getting a, a win. Did
3: anyone, did anyone see... So what went viral was someone found a tweet from Jalen Mayfield who said, if you don't want your quarterback to get hit, draft me. And someone had paired it with a picture of Matt Ryan lying face down. (laughs) And Mayfield just standing over him looking lost. uh, Yeah, that was tremendous.
0: That was uh, tremendous. Um, so one thing just to mention before we wrap up there uh, those listening to the podcast while Charles was speaking earlier got a massive great big noise uh, a late Bob Ag nomination to the NFL website for auto-playing bloody videos when you click on a news item that's really annoying I hate it I need to figure out how to turn it off anyway we're talking about the AFC West there and three teams maybe coming from it uh, the Broncos have had to put Ronald Darby and Jerry Judy on IR both of them taking up big injuries, so that's a big knock for them. Um, I thought that the the Broncos looked really good, but losing Jerry Judy is definitely a, a knock for them, a, a really exciting wide receiver, so that's a real shame for them. Um, but what I'm going to end on, though, is let's give an update on where we are with our um, Bonnie Sauce Company, NFL Scotland podcast pick em for the King or Queen of Scotland 2021 because we all touched on oh, that.
1: I, Cameron I, must have done well this week. No no no, we no
0: no 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 <laughs> I'm so I, I finished 9 and 7. I think that's the same as one of the year. Charles were you 9 and 7?
2: Yeah, yep. so I me, mean, yeah, I mean, solid start. I me and Charles that. in that
0: tied twentieth position, right? But no, I'm going to go through the the top people because, and this is where the names <laughs> the names are difficult. So the best performance of the week, there's one person out in front with a twelve and four. So that's Dark Angel Con's picks. Uh, there's two people with eleven and five. Smells like cheese, spirit, and Mark Bavaro's disco pants. So well done to those two with eleven and five. And then there's a whole bunch of people on ten and six. Um, so we've got Ross D. 1987, Reedville Ravers, Gillette My People, Go, Reese Evans, uh, David Old, Paul McEn 71, Dumfries Demons, Leith Dolphins, Allies Angels, Lossy Giants, Stott 62s, Robert Borthwick, V Nelson 13x, High Brunian Hyenas, uh, Peckin Mix, and Tua. I don't even know how to say them. Christ, pick better names, people. I've got to do this live. But all of those on 10 and 6, uh, congratulations. Make sure that you make your picks this week. Keep it going. It's a season-long competition. Great prizes in that one as well. But I think that's probably the full-time whistle for episode 160. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Make sure you share your thoughts on this in every episode on social media, at Scotland NFL on Twitter and NFL Scotland on Facebook.
1: How brilliant was it just to get back in amongst everybody watching football on week one. It was utterly tremendous. We hope you enjoyed it wherever you were watching. My thanks to Charles Patterson and to Gordon McGuinness, their sub-podcast arguing about Aaron Rodgers will be available very, very soon. Indeed, they'll throw in some Tom Brady as well just to make it well worth your while. Check out our social media, check out our website. Some great writing going on, especially if like, you had a dreadful week one of fantasy. Some great articles on who to pick up, given the fact there's a lot of injuries around the league as well. That's week one in the books. We're looking forward to week two. to join us again on next week's NFL Scotland podcast for Cameron, for Gordon, for Charles and myself, Bye for now.